0: And we're back. Thanks for joining us once again. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Belief Cast. I'm so grateful for this opportunity to have another amazing person on the show, Hannah Allen. Hannah, thanks for joining us. Thank
1: you for letting me be here.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to thank uh, our sponsors, Siegfried & Jensen, Wasatch Recovery, Veracity Networks, and I Hill Institute. I can't thank you guys enough for believing in me and supporting this great cause. And I also want to thank everyone of you that are listening week after week. It's awesome, and I love you guys. I, I can't thank you enough. I wish I could give you guys all a hug, but uh, um, it's just an amazing thing. And, you know, it's, it's because of our guests that we have on. They just share such amazing stories. Um, they get vulnerable, and today's one of those uh, opportunities for Hannah to get vulnerable with us. Uh, she uh, lives an amazing life, but she's been through some hard times as well. A little background on Hannah. She was a competitive swimmer. She swimmed in, in high school, obviously as a child as well, but she went to Lehigh yep. High School, then to BYU, and then eventually to Dixie State after serving a mission for her church uh, in Oregon. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Yep. And that's where she met her husband, Cage Allen. Yep. And we're gonna talk about him in a minute. Uh, she's been through a lot of tough times, but she's also, you know, from, we have a mutual friend, Randy Willstead. We got to give him a shout out uh-huh. <laughs> and awesome. he, he thinks the world of you. And he reached out to me. He's like, you've got to have Hannah on your podcast. You've got to. And I'm like, I didn't hesitate. Cause Randy, if Randy says that I'm, I'm in <laughs> and he just couldn't say enough good things about you. But I guess, you know, you have shared your story down there, yes. uh, and he heard your story, and he he was blown away. And um, I'm just so excited for our listeners to hear it, mm-hmm. you know, firsthand, obviously, from you. Right. And so thank you, Hannah, for being willing to come take some time and do this for us.
1: No, thank you.
0: Yeah. So why don't we start? Tell us where you grew up, and tell us about, you know, your childhood, and where did this competitive swimmer <laughs> come from? <laughs> gotcha.
1: Yeah, so I grew up in Lehigh, Utah, um, back before— like when Lehigh was kind of like hick country in Utah County. <laughs> yeah, a lot of horses everywhere. <laughs> right. Like no one knew where Lehigh was. They knew where yeah. Provo was in Salt Lake and Lehigh was this in between ground. Yeah. <laughs> um and it was great. Like I just grew up yeah, there was fields behind my house and I like lived in a neighborhood where I don't know, my parents let me go outside and we roamed between all the neighbors' houses and had like a little neighborhood gang and Uh (laughs) um, just like a really good childhood. But my parents were super smart um, because in the summers, they would stick us in summer, like a summer swim team. Um, Mm. And so we had to go to bed early even in the summer (laughs) because we had swim practice the next morning. Gotta get up early. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so I just... Like every summer I was on a summer swim team and I just really loved it. I wasn't very good at the beginning, to be honest. Like they had these meets at the end of the summer <laughs> and it was bronze, silver, and gold. And I always went to the silver and got like 16th. And so, okay, but I just really loved swimming. And so, um, what yeah.
0: events did you participate in all of them? Like,
1: uh, yeah, so I, um, my, like my best event is it's called the breaststroke. It's like the froggy one. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you don't move very fast, but but I'm also I'm like okay at butterfly. So then okay. another event I would swim was the butterfly, and then also the IM or the individual medley, mm. which is uh, which is a race like where you race all the strokes. All of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like it very much, but I <laughs> swam it. <laughs>
0: yeah. So, um. Uh, Obviously, you you said you weren't very good at first, but you mm-hmm. ended up really enjoying it, obviously, because you ended up doing it competitively. Oh, yeah. So how how did swimming kind of shape you as a child?
1: Um, it shaped me a lot. So I just felt like um, it gave me something to focus on, and I fell in love with, like, the self-improvement process. Mm, okay. I, I know, like, some people compete, and they, like, compete against competition, but I looked at it more as my competition as, like, helping me to achieve the goal that I had. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, like in junior high, I remember I had to sit and beg my dad for <laughs> for like three months to put me on a year-round swim team because I was just like, I think I can be good. And he yeah. was like, I don't know. <laughs> and that's like a big time commitment. Sure. And, oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I fell in love with it. And, and I feel like you kind of have to, because of like the, as you progress, like in high school and in college, the time commitment to it, um, you just have to, you have to love it to a degree to keep doing it. For sure. Um, but I also was really blessed with a lot of like coaches and I would say like life mentors through swimming. Yeah, sure. Um, and so, and one of those was, um, my high school coach, his name is Dennis Myring and he actually had this mental program um that's really influenced my life but he pretty much taught us even in high school that um our thoughts like influence our actions Mm, and so i just learned the importance of that and one of the ways he taught us that was we'd get like a paperclip and a string Mm -hmm. and we would like rest our arm and our hand on the table and you like hold still, but you tell this paperclip to like go in circles.
0: Yeah, just with your thoughts.
1: Just with your thoughts. Yeah,
0: you just think it going in a direction. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: and then and like what you don't realize is that every thought you have does have like a physical reaction, but you're not you're not moving your fingers back and forth, and you're not right. like moving your arm. Um, and I think that like learning that in high school, um really shaped my life because I was like, okay, like I want to feed myself and feed my thoughts with like the best, the best things that I can because yeah. it will influence like where I want to go. And yeah.
0: So. Now you're speaking my language. I am I'm passionate about thoughts and belief systems, yeah. how it dictates our lives and everything. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's what I do all day long. So right. you're, you're really getting me excited. <laughs> no, over I there. love it. So <laughs> let's talk about that for a minute because Kay. I think... I, you know, props to your swim coach, Mm -hmm. Dennis, right? Yeah, Dennis. And so shout out to Dennis. So hopefully he'll listen to this. Yeah, I'll send a link to him. Please send it to him. But no, shout out to him to teaching not only you, but everyone he was coaching, how powerful and important our thoughts are. Right. Not just with swimming, but in life, right? Right. So... Hannah, I mean again, you come across as a very confident, positive person. You got a good energy about you. Uh-huh. Were you always like that? Were you like that as a young child or did you struggle with your thoughts? Did you
1: I did. I did mm-hmm. actually struggle. I mean, I've I've always been a dreamer, so that's helped me a lot because <laughs> I'm like um but like in junior high I I struggled cuz I I have asthma, so I get sick a lot. <laughs> and I missed a lot of school in junior high and mm and stuff like that. And it's, my grades were affected. And, yeah. um, like my peers were like, Oh, that's the girl that's always gone. And, um, wow. and so actually, well, I'm about to tell this to a lot of listeners, <laughs> but a lot <laughs> of people that know this, but I didn't technically graduate the junior high. Okay. Um, but they let me go on to high school. But part of that was cause I missed so much school oh, and okay. I didn't make up like the attendance requirement. And so I really struggled with that because I wasn't, I wasn't who I wanted to be, but it was when I got into high school and I met Dennis Meiring, um, that he was able to, I don't know, change my thoughts and make me realize that who I was in the past didn't have to be who I was going to be in the future. I love that. And so
0: that is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think well and think about junior high most kids if not all every kid struggles with their thinking and yeah I think we're hard on ourselves I think we beat ourselves up we, uh-huh. comp- we compare we do all these things right so I can imagine when you're missing a lot of school sick a lot mm-hmm. um, it's interesting you have asthma but you're a swimmer yeah you think <laughs> like you would have would have avoided that because of the asthma so exactly. that says a lot about you right there because right. I'm sure that wasn't easy mm-hmm. um, so you know, as you, as you started working on that, did you notice yourself feeling more empowered? Did you feel that kind of thing?
1: Oh yeah. Like as I, as I just, I, well, I feel like as I began to believe in myself because coach Myring believed in me and then I was able mm-hmm. to learn to believe in myself. Like, yeah, you do feel empowered and I, you kind of are like, okay, like if I can do this, yeah. like everybody can do it <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> because before I was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm not going to make it like I can't get my, you know, I can't make up my school attendance and this and that. And like my self-esteem was just like super low, but yeah. yeah.
0: Well, I know, um, I know you're, you're a very spiritual girl. Yes. Faith is a big part of your life. Talk about, (laughs) talk about the influence your faith has been, um, growing up and why that played a big part in who you are today.
1: Okay. Yeah. So (laughs) I grew up a member of the Church of Jesus Christ, um, of Latter day Saints. And um, you know, I just I've always from a young age have felt that like I had a loving heavenly father. Like mm-hmm. I never questioned that God was there. Mm. Um but um where my faith really began to be important to me was actually in high school. Um it was a really shaping time for me, but I uh had an experience um, where I had a bunch of teammates that uh, didn't like me very much, and I was uh, bullied. And, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and I, I just remember being like, well, why? <laughs> why don't they like me? And so <laughs> for the first time that year, I wanted to really know who Jesus Christ was. And so I studied the Bible and the Book of Mormon, which are mm-hmm. both testaments of Jesus Christ, and I just... I gained in high school, like, uh, like a testimony that Jesus Christ like was real mm-hmm. number one and two that like he was the son of God. And mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I just really looked to him as an example, um, to, uh, yeah, I looked at to him as an example to, to like model my life after. And, yeah. and, and I just, yeah, I just learned to forgive and, <clears throat> and, um, Yeah, I don't, I, I, that was like the real time where I was like, okay, like Heavenly Father loved us so much that he sent Jesus Christ to like give Mm -hmm. us an example, but to also know that like there's hope when things go wrong. Yeah.
0: So I can imagine that was really difficult to be bullied. Yeah. You know, do you know, I mean, there's never a good reason ever to be bullied, but I mean, did you know why these kids were teasing you? Was it because of your faith or was it because of other issues or did you not even know like people just had something out for you
1: right um I wasn't entirely sure because um they they were my teammates I'd been friends with them um and then it was it was more of like behind my back things but then like the whole team knew what was going on and they'd Mm. come tell me oh so-and-so said this about you and and then i'd like walk behind them and saw them spit on my car and stuff and i was and i was perplexed because they wouldn't confront me about it um and so yeah i i, I really didn't know i like it couldn't be cuz of my swimming cuz i was starting to excel and like have the possibility of swimming in college um but i i i didn't know i was super perplexed sure, and so yeah. that's why yeah. I, yeah, turned to the scriptures, I draw guess.
0: You drew on your faith for yeah. support and strength. And uh-huh. and I think, you know, for our listeners, I mean, there's a lot that maybe aren't members of your church, that, you know, that, right. but, but I think it's important to have a higher power, whatever that is for someone, right. and to be able to draw strength from that, especially in those moments when you do feel, I mean, that had to have been kind of, at times, a lonely feeling.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm so um as you move forward obviously you start noticing yourself you're really good at swimming yeah <laughs> you start getting really good and you start doing competitively uh-huh um talk about you know that led you to i think you went to you f- you swam for byu is that correct i did so yes do, do they get, did you get a scholarship how does that work
1: i did so i um in high school i got noticed by byu because i dropped a significant amount of time And yeah, they offered me a scholarship and I grew up in Utah County. So if I'm being completely honest, at first I was like, (laughs) I don't know if I want to go 30 minutes down the road to college, (laughs) um, but it was a wonderful opportunity. And so, yeah, yeah, my freshman year I spent at BYU, um, learned a lot. It was really hard. Like as swimmers in college, you, you. Like, there's an NCAA rule that you can only work out 20 hours a week. Oh, really? But swimmers max it out. <laughs>
0: oh, I'm sure they <laughs> yeah. do. And yeah. They work. And
1: so, my freshman year was not <laughs> a typical freshman year. Um, it was definitely, like, in bed by, like, 9 at the latest and up by, like, 5. Oh, man. And so...
0: In college, that's tough.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 it is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Usually, most kids don't sleep in college, it's right? It's true. <laughs> it's
1: true. And we, we I lived in a dorm where like we would hear girls come in at like 1am and my roommate was like, well, we don't go stomping down the halls at 5am <laughs> to wake them all up. Yeah, really. So it was, we like kind of live like this parallel lifestyle yeah. to most college students. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Did
0: you enjoy it? I mean, did you love I, swimming in a college format? I
1: did. I, yeah. I enjoyed it more after my mission, if I'm being honest, okay. but, um, like freshman year was a little bit like super stressful, kind of like a, shock to the system. Everything's
0: new and mm-hmm. not sure what to expect.
1: Right, right. But I, I knew I loved swimming and I love like, the competing. Um, But, like, yeah, that freshman year, that was a little bit rough. <laughs> sure.
0: But... So then you serve a mission in Oregon. Yeah. Correct? Yes. And then when you come back, you go to Dixie State. I do, yes. Okay. Uh-huh. So is that... And you continued swimming there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's when you felt like, okay, I am kind of hit my stride. Yeah. I'm in my zone. I'm so in to speak. my
1: zone. Yeah. And the great thing about Dixie state is they had gotten a new swimming program and that's like what enticed me to go down there was the chance to like influence a culture, like a new yeah. culture. And, um, so I, I joined their swim team the second year that it, it had been there and, and oh, I, okay. I just really loved it. And it was, yeah. it was a division two school at the time. So, a little bit like less pressure, and I was able to focus more on my academics, but okay. yet enjoy swimming still. And I just I loved it. Yeah, yeah,
0: wow, that's awesome. Well, you know, now we'll shift gears just a little bit here. you okay. we just mentioned you served a mission in in, in Oregon, and that's where you uh, ended up meeting your husband, yeah, Cage Allen, okay? Okay. And we want to talk about this story again. For those who don't know, You, um, he passed away over about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And um, so talk about how you met him. I'm going to kind of let you just... T- run with this story tell us how that all went down and talk about you know what led up to you know him passing away and and then we're going to talk about how you're handling all this which is pretty amazing
1: okay yeah so cage is like my favorite topic so i can definitely take it and run with it thank you (laughs) um so yeah i had served a mission in oregon for my church and um but i came back and was in saint george utah going to school swimming and i had tried dating down there but uh, with not much success, <laughs> and so <laughs> I kind of got desperate. If we're being honest, and okay. Cage and I hate admitting this, but we met through a dating app. Um, it was one of those ones you swipe through pictures. Hey, that's
0: the way of the world. Now. I know, Seriously. I know. There's yeah. a lot of
1: people now, but we, Cage and I, are like old souls. We're like, oh, we wish we'd met like in a more yeah. traditional way. Right. Um, so. I like downloaded it like late at night and I just swiped through a million profiles (laughs) (laughs) and Cage was the second guy I matched with and um, I went on a few dates from like the matches I'd gotten and he was messaging me and to be honest, I thought he was a little bit of a flirt and a player. Cause I'm like, who uses that many winky faces and text
0: messages?
1: <laughs> like yeah. I haven't even met you yet. Yeah,
0: what's going on?
1: Yeah, and he has he had like all the lines, like, uh-huh. and um, so but he had saw like in my little bio on my little dating app, he saw that I'd served a mission in Oregon, and he at the time was up in Oregon learning to fly the F-15, and mm. he was like, Hey, Hannah. Uh, any chance I can get you to come uh, visit the mission? And I was like, well, like, I'm pretty, like, tied down to St. George because of my swimming. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but eventually we FaceTimed. And the first time we FaceTimed, we, like, FaceTimed for, like, three hours. And so you hit it off. We You're hit like, it, it off. We're connecting
0: here. It's working. <laughs> exactly. That's
1: cool. And it was cool, too, because, yeah. like, with typical dating, you usually have an activity or something. But, we only had each other like staring at each other through a screen (laughs) so we knew we got along to some degree right um and that was enough to convince me to fly up to oregon to meet him and before i flew up he like sent me his driver's license like like <laughs> all the stuff we and his parents' number and everything we needed to know kind, about him, kind of like
0: a background check. Yeah, exactly
1: <laughs> to give to my parents because <laughs> my family was a little bit like, "What yeah. are you doing, He's this
0: dude? You're going to go <laughs> exactly. see a stranger?" Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. The only the like the most surprising part <laughs> was my dad was on board. And the rest of my family thought my dad and I had lost our minds. You're <laughs> like, so. why is
0: Dad on board, <laughs> exactly. right? He should be the one saying no. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: and so it was a little bit like.
0: That's funny. It
1: was just exciting, and um, so I flew up there to meet him. And the thing was, is if if things if we didn't hit it off in person. The plan was to go visit areas where I had been while I served my mission. Um, But needless to say, we did not visit any of the (laughs) areas that I had um, served on my mission. Um, And so, and just to give you like a little bit like of a background of like who Cage is. um, Our first kiss story is actually really funny. So Mm. we were up in Oregon. He took me on a motorcycle ride and he later admitted to speeding up, so I'd hold on tighter, and he, like, totally... That's a good move. Yeah, (laughs) he knew it.
0: Note to self, right? (laughs) Speed up. (laughs) Speed up, if you want a hug.
1: (laughs) Right? Tight hug. (laughs) Uh And so we got off, and we parked by a lake, and we were sitting there just talking, and he, like, the conversation kind of lulled a little bit, and he said, hey, Hannah, do you want to see a magic trick? And I was like, uh, maybe... (laughs) And he pulls out his wallet, and he pulls out the nicest $1 bill that he Uh can find. And he's like, see this $1 bill? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, it's like a whole dollar. He goes, I bet you this dollar that I can kiss you without even touching you. Oh, wow. And... I kind of looked at him but I like saw past it and I was like you're just going to kiss me and give me the dollar. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm not dumb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he was like, "What?" No, like you're not supposed to know that and like so we laughed and and then eventually I like looked at him cuz I knew I liked him and I was like, "I'll take your dollar." So I took the dollar. He gave me a super quick kiss, I remember, and then he goes, I felt the magic (laughs) I was like (laughs) oh man and anyway he just had lines like that all the time in fact after we'd been dating for a while the guys at his squadron um, he'd go back and like tell him how it was going and like the lines he'd used on me Mm
0: -hmm. and one
1: of his buddies was like cage Dude, you gotta teach me how to flirt with my own wife. (laughs) Right. He had it down. Yeah, he had it down. (laughs) Um, and so yeah, we just hit it off, and we ended up dating primarily distant. Okay. Because I was down in Saint George still swimming my senior year of swimming, and he was, um, yeah, up in Oregon learning to fly the F-15.
0: Yeah, and he's a, a is it first lieutenant. Yeah, right, he was the first a, lieutenant. Okay, uh-huh. and he was training to fly the F-15 Eagle. The I think F-15 Eagle. Yeah. Yeah. Which wow. is
1: like a really amazing aircraft. It's like
0: what you see in Top Gun, uh-huh. really, right? Those amazing right. aircraft. Yeah, like they're yeah.
1: pulling like they're pulling a lot of G's, and yeah. they're just they're they you gotta be a really top notch person and For pilot sure. to be yeah. able to fly one of those yeah. things. So yeah, yeah, so we did that and we hit it off. Um, and we just honestly were best friends because I mean, like a lot of our relationship was just talking or FaceTiming yeah. over the phone. And so we just grew really close. And so mm-hmm. then January, 2020, um, he surprised me down in St. George. Um, I thought he was coming to the town. Well, cause I caught on, he was coming, which I shouldn't have but i caught (laughs) caught on that he was coming into town and um, i thought he was coming to watch my last swim meet um Mm. but he came into town and he proposed and so (laughs) he still got a little bit of a surprise um (laughs) and at this point we knew he was going to be stationed in england and um so the plan was you know we're gonna get engaged he's gonna fly over to england he's gonna get mission qualified Which, as Cage put it, means like he's licensed to kill, meaning he can shoot down other aircraft. Like he's an official wingman. Oh, okay. Um, And then he was going to come back and we were going to have, like we were going to get married, have our big celebration. And, you know, just everything. And then I was going to go with him to England. Okay. Uh, But we started to realize that... I needed to get all my military paperwork done in order to be with him in England. And I couldn't wow. do that until we were married. And, <laughs> and so we were like, wait, hold up. Um, so <laughs> in February, we last minute decided to, to get married. Right. And so Cage is also a member of my same faith and oftentimes members of our faith, um, they get married and sealed in the temple. And they just do it like they do the religious ceremony and the civil ceremony, like all in one. Uh, but and normally if you if you get married and then you want to be sealed, you had to wait a year. But the church had just come out with a policy change saying like, oh, if circumstances need to, you can get married and then you can be sealed. <laughs> I gotcha. you. Um, and so we counseled with our parents and last minute, like we went to uh one of our religious leaders' offices, and we were married four days before he left for England. Oh, okay, and so it was, which was like it was in the middle. I remember the day we got married. We actually took engagement photos. I had already had a swim <laughs> workout. I had gone to school. <laughs> like wow. it was in the ma- middle of like a, a like a really chaotic time. Sure, yeah. Um, but it was just I don't know. I I never questioned like the adversity we we faced leading up to it because. It just felt right. And yeah. he was my best friend. And I was like, yeah, we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got married, send him off to England while I'm fin- finishing up school. And then as everyone knows, 2020 coronavirus happened. Yeah. And, um, what that ended up doing was that locked him down in England, like England really locked down.
0: Yeah, they did.
1: And I, and I was stuck here, um, trying to fill out my military paperwork out as fast as I could um, and get my military passport so that I could just go over and be with him. And, um, so during that time, I just remember Cage is like super optimistic and he was just like, you know what, Hannah, like at least we have each other. And so we'd FaceTime all the time and we were just grateful that like, yeah. at least we got each other and like, yeah. we're going to get over to each other eventually. Um, but June 14th was Cage's 27th birthday and I remember that was a really good day because I FaceTimed him twice. <laughs> so we were doing yeah. good. And my birthday package had got to him. And, like, that was a miracle in and of itself. So I watched him open up his birthday package. Oh, cool. and Yeah. It was just a really good day. And he FaceTimed family and stuff. And we were just able to tell him, like, how much we loved him. And, and I'd actually just a week prior gotten my military passport. So him mm. and I were in the process of figuring out, okay, like, How am I like we're probably like, how am I going to get to England and like trying to figure out, too, when we'd have our wedding celebration and also still get sealed in the temple, which was the religious ceremony for us. Yeah. And so um, but June 15th, 2020 um, was the absolute worst day of my entire life. Mm. And I cry, and then I don't cry, so (laughs) bear with me, but... you're good.
0: You you just be real.
1: Yeah, so um, I got a call, a call that you, like, every military spouse, um, it's their worst nightmare. And the call was, um, originally, at first, it was just, um, you know, like, got a call from England, knew that was a bad bad thing, and um, Cage's commanding officer got on the phone, and he said... um, Your husband is missing in action. And immediately my heart dropped because I knew they fly over the North Sea. I knew the North Sea's cold. Um, My worst nightmare would be if Cage had drowned in the North Sea, you know, because I'm a swimmer. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, And so I just heart dropped. His parents happened to be in town in St. George, and I'd been hanging out with them. So I remember I just got dressed. I just like flew over to their condo they were staying at and um they they hadn't got the news yet so I come to the door and I'm just in shock and tears and um I come in and we then like several minutes later like half an hour maybe later we got the news that um they had been searching in the North Sea for five hours and that they found an undeployed parachute and that like, Cage was presumably dead. Mm, and wow. I just remember that day, my heart shattered and broke in a way that, like, I didn't even know was humanly possible. When they say, like, oh, that's unimaginable. I, in a lot of ways, I think it is until you really yeah. go through it. Yeah. Um, And so I just, yeah, my heart broke. And um, I don't know, grief is... It's a really, really powerful emotion, and um, yeah, it is. I've had to <laughs> learn to to deal with that, but uh, but um, I just remember. It. So part of our being a member of our faith um, was we believe that Jesus Christ is in the process of restoring. Um, His church to the earth and with that restoration like there was things that were lost from when he was originally here And one of those things was like the ability to bind things in heaven and in earth and so we believe that he's restored that power and one of the places that happens is in the temple and I just remember Cage and I had not been sealed yet which is to be like bind Mm -hmm. on heaven and in earth and I just remember being like, wait, <laughs> hold up. <laughs> like this is really, really important to, to me. And so I, but I know normally you have to wait a year. If you're not already sealed when your spouse passed, you usually have to wait a year. And so I ended up, um, well, Elder Renland, who's an apostle in our church had heard the story and he called me in to meet with him and he let me share my story with him. Um, And he, he said, well, I have to ask the first presidency, which is like church leadership for permission, but, uh, I will ask for you. Um, and so within 20 minutes of leaving his office, I got permission to be sealed to cage in the bountiful Utah temple Mm -hmm. and, um, 15, yeah, it was 15 days after he'd passed away and before his funeral. And even though, like, I was so heartbroken and just so, like, in shock. Like, I remember the first week I only slept nine hours total. Um, when I... Yeah, I bet. Yeah, when I went into the temple um, on June 30th to be sealed to cage by a proxy, which just means, like, a person will stand in his place. Mm-hmm. Um, there, was, there was a peace that surpassed my understanding. Like, I didn't know why on that day, um, in the midst of extreme heartbreak that I was able to, yeah, to find peace. And um, wow. a lot of that goes back to my faith, like I talked about in high school, yeah. um, just my faith that that there's a God and he loves us. And so he sent his son, Jesus Christ. And because of Jesus Christ, every wrong and every heartbreak and every injustice in this life um, will one day be made right. Um, and, but I'm not going to lie, right after Cage passed away, um, I, I had to go back and re-examine my faith. Because grief is such an overwhelming emotion that, like, sometimes you can't feel anything. And yeah. so, um, so I, I just remember being like, well, where is my faith? But... Um, Something that people on my Instagram, social media, see me post a lot is I've learned that like faith or trust, um, especially in God, has to do more with our actions than it does with our emotions. Um, and looking back, I had more faith than I realized. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I do, I did remember. I went back to the scriptures like I did in high school, and I had to read it again. I had to know like, is this really true? Like is Cage really still there or is, is he gone? Like, is this just the end? But, um, for me, I, I gained a personal witness that by the end of like, when I read the scriptures, I was like, no, it's, it's, it's all true. (laughs) Like he's still there. And like, because of Jesus Christ, Cage and I, my story is not over. Yeah. And so, wow, yeah.
0: Wow. And that, and so that was last. So it was June. Was that June of, Twenty twenty,
1: June of twenty twenty. Okay, yeah,
0: yeah. I can't, I can't even imagine. Like you said, the new getting the news like that. You know what I mean? Like getting that phone call. Yeah, and then you happen to go tell the his parents mm-hmm. because they hadn't got the news yet, right? And they see you obviously just crying and distraught and oh yeah, wondering what's going on. And oh yeah, I can't imagine how hard that was for you and for the for his parents and. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's what's amazing what you said is like through this whole process and obviously relying on your faith and, and things like that but right. more like that you you said it this piece that you felt that just kind of surpasses all understanding mm-hmm. you know I've had a lot of people on this podcast who have said similar things you know I've had people who have been through some of the most horrific things and they're like you they're positive they're ex- they're they've got a good energy they're and it's like how how are you like this, you right. know? <laughs> and and it's so beautiful to see you Hannah and how, you know, Randy wasn't kidding, like just the way you carry yourself and this energy and this, the spirit and the, and this love you have that right. just kind of beams from you. <laughs> it's such a, it's a beautiful thing to see. Thank you. I'm having a hard time maybe explaining what I'm feeling here, right. but it's the feeling in the room now, even now, just the way you're talking about this is really powerful.
1: Oh yeah. And sometimes I, yeah. I've, I've had a few people comment similar comments to me. And um, I truly believe that sometimes Cage, I don't know how it works on the other side, but I do believe there's a life after this. Mm-hmm. and. And that there really is just like a veil that yeah. keeps us from seeing him. And sometimes I feel like he's allowed to pop in. And so I'm like, you know, part of it's probably he comes <laughs> and goes. Um, and that that's something that's been really unique is is I just, there's so many coincidences in my yeah. life after Cage has passed that I just know that I'm not alone and that he's yeah. still way more involved in my life than I can even comprehend. Yeah you so, know
0: I, i'm glad you say that because i had a guy on our pot on my podcast his name's jeff olson uh-huh. and he um he died and came back oh wow and i'd like sh- to talk to oh, him you need to <laughs> you should actually really listen to what he said he's amazing he would love to meet with you by the way uh-huh. that's the kind of guy he is right but he talks about exactly what you just are saying and he's witnessed it firsthand oh yeah it's i mean when he was talking to me i was just like Blown away, right? And, and again, a reason why I bring this up is that he talked about it's all, it's all, it's all love, God is love, exactly. You know, Cage is love, you are love, and like just right. the feeling I'm feeling from you is like this love, uh-huh. it's so awesome. It is, and I think that's when we do feel, you know, people who have maybe gone on to the other side and. Is when we feel this, this love, it just, it's It's a love. It's a love, right? Is that accurate?
1: Oh, that's completely accurate. And like you said, like God's love, Cage's love. I, I just think from the other side, they care about us more than we Mm -hmm. like, than we even care about ourselves Mm -hmm. sometimes. And yeah, yeah, that feeling that's completely accurate.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think you guys would have a great conversation. You guys just really chat. I'll, 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 I'll get you his info. Yes, please do. But, uh, so as you, as you go through this and you're, I mean, you obviously share this story a lot. You're not I afraid do. to talk about it, obviously. Right. Here you are telling us the story.
1: Right.
0: Let me ask you this. What are some of the, and I know this is a big question, but what what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned through this trial that you've gone through uh, to, that you could share with us that would help us even?
1: Gotcha. Yeah. So one of the biggest lessons that I have learned, um, is, is that like, like our emotions, um, they aren't necessarily what dictate our actions. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, like I said, I really questioned my faith at the beginning cause I felt mm-hmm. empty. I was so heartbroken. Um, and I was just like, I just thought, you know, if I have this great faith and trust in, in a God and in a mm-hmm. savior that, why am i struggling as hard as i'm struggling Be- yeah. and i was and through this past year i've done a lot of like intro like introspect i guess you could yeah, say yeah sure and i've i've learned that um like the the emptiness or the feelings like that that do come up like the sadness or like the frustration occasionally um that are associated with grief um, they're attached to my longing and loving of cage. And yeah, sure. that's like something entirely different than my faith and trust in God. Um, and I've just been able to like, to learn to like separate the two because I mean, um, <laughs> I, I have some widow friends, um, some of my face mm-hmm. some am not, but you get told, it's really surprising the people that come out of the woodworks as soon as something like this happens. And, (laughs) um, some of the best I ever, best advice I ever got was actually from Jenny Taylor. Um, she lives up in Ogden and her husband was a mayor who passed away in Afghanistan. But she's like, people are going to say the stupidest things, but they love you. (laughs) And so you kind of have to like, remember that, (laughs) um, because you do, you get a lot of comments that, um, when you're in a place of grieving, it just, They just, uh, don't sit quite right. Um, and, and, and they, and then they make you, I don't know, question whether you're grieving correctly because you're like, well, I'm, I have days where I just cry and the first few months, not going to lie, I spent a lot of time in bed and, um, I just had to process, um, like my new reality because it's, it was my new husband and not only did I lose him, but I lost the future with him for the time being um and so but like i said i the biggest lesson i think i've learned is just that um like the emotions i felt although they were very powerful they weren't um attached to like my core beliefs and that okay. my actions were more influenced by my core beliefs than what i was initially feeling
0: yeah very well said i think you know everyone grieves differently it's there's true. there's very true. there's similar stages of grief Right. But, but everyone goes through it differently. Yep. Amen you know, to that. <laughs> right. And so you're you're I'm glad you brought that up. I think there's no like nothing's wrong with you if you're grieving different than someone else. It doesn't mean someone's better than the other person. It's just we just do that differently. Yeah. You know, if there's someone listening to you right now who's lost a loved one mm-hmm. who's struggling with it still or they're not of your faith. They're just Right. They feel lost. They feel hopeless. Like what What's some advice that you could, you could maybe give them?
1: Man. <laughs> yeah, that's another big question. That's a big question. <laughs> a big question. <laughs> um, my advice just initially is to give yourself like grace and to okay. give yourself like, because I think on top of losing a loved one, um, we tend to beat ourselves up mm-hmm. um, because it's such a, powerful like because i feel like the deeper you love like sometimes the greater the loss um because you like another quote i love was that um tears are just love with nowhere to go Mm. um and so you do you miss your opportunities to love the person that you lost and so i would just say be extremely patient with yourself as you learn to like cope like the new reality that is in front of you love that and um yeah. like give yourself space and time like relationships may change boundaries may change um like even for me with i have super loving family and a lot of people that care about me but i've had to find spaces to like let out my emotions of missing cage yeah. that like in a healthy way Yeah. Um, because sometimes people around you like don't want to see you hurt So they try to fix it and like losing a loved one, they can't fix that. Like they can't bring them back from the dead. And so, yeah, I guess just being extremely patient and finding healthy ways and places to, um, to, to, to miss the person that you've lost.
0: Yeah. I love that. That's good advice. You know, I, I would imagine too, like talking to people too. I mean, one of the things you're really good at, and again, I, I get this from Randy too, just you share your story a lot, like you own it. Yeah. <laughs> like you're not afraid to talk about it. Uh-huh. Has that been a big part of your healing process as well?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I, I, I know this is a different thing for people that are grieving. Some people don't wanna talk about it Yeah. because it's something so vulnerable and close to their heart. Um, f- I think one of the reasons I have talked about it so much is, um, I mean, as a young widow, with no kids, a lot of people instantly were like, you're going to get remarried. And I personally have no desire at the time to like date or, you know, and, and I, and I just, Which um, is understandable. Right. It's
0: not like, okay, I'm going to hurry and go get married. Oh, exactly. You're like, no, (laughs) let me, let me embrace what I'm going through right now. Oh,
1: exactly. And, and I, and I'm like, I, I feel Cage is very much still involved in my life. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and I'm okay like if I were to choose to not get remarried, I still believe I can live a very purposeful and good life and bless people. Um, and so, so I've been more vocal about it. I think, um, because I I just want people to understand that, and plus I'm so smitten with Cage. If you go look at my Instagram, it's like it looks like his Instagram more than my Instagram, because <laughs> um, I just yeah. have videos and pictures of him. And yeah, and I'm I'm also super proud of how mm-hmm. he lived and how he died. That I just want to continue his legacy. So yeah, I love it. That's that's probably one of the reasons I've I have been more open about yeah. sharing yeah. sharing my story. I guess so. I love it. Yeah,
0: yeah. You have any plans like uh, some big plans coming up that you'd want to do? That uh, you'd like to share with us? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um. So my big plans. I'm going back to school. So I took a year off school. Okay. After Cage died, um, and I I have the opportunity to go on to get like a master's or doctorate of some sort. So that's oh, right that's on. the tentative. Okay. plan future yeah um like and a that. lot of that is because of the way cage died i've been blessed mm-hmm. with these opportunities yeah. um and i also i'm trying to figure out i probably i'm gonna just write a book to like <laughs> compile all of cage and my stories <laughs> um so yeah. that's that's like that's like a it, a tentative plan yeah. that I'm trying to figure out. Um, but yeah, just mainly going back to school and, and just, um, trying to do good with my life. I would love to get involved in swimming again in some way, shape, you or like form. a coach. Yeah. Like a coach. I, and te- I
0: teach kids about how powerful their thoughts are. Exactly. just like Dennis taught you. Yes.
1: Right? Uh huh. No, exactly. In fact, <laughs> um, coach firing, so the mental program that he had, because it was to train your subconscious, Yeah. Um, his friend actually developed it. And then his friend died of cancer and oh, he promised wow. his friend he would never let it die. And so he's now trying to find other people because he's getting older. He's in his 70s. Right. And he's like, and I, 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 I'm like one of the people on the radar. I'm like, coach, I will carry on the legacy. Yeah. <laughs> and so. That would be cool. I would love to do something like that. So. Yeah. yeah. Wow.
0: That would be awesome. Um, and to be able to teach kids, obviously you're passionate about helping other people. Yes. And you love swimming. I love a, swimming. <laughs> it seems like a perfect match. Uh, right, <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I could definitely see you doing that in the future for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, any last things you'd want to tell us like um, that we would need to know that would be helpful for us? Um, I, I, I can't thank you enough for sharing this. I know it's not an easy thing to talk about, but people who are listening to this right now are like, man, she's so positive. I guarantee you that's what they're saying. (laughs) You really are. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess my last bit of advice or wisdom is to, to figure out like what your core beliefs are Mm -hmm. and and then like take time to discover them. Um, like for me, like Mine's really anchored on my faith, especially yeah. in Jesus Christ. But whatever your core beliefs are, no matter your faith, um, those are going to influence your actions when the hard times come. And yeah. I'm convinced hard times will come for everyone in some shape, way, or form in this mm-hmm. life. Um, and but like, despite the emotions, if you if you know what your core beliefs are, um, they will. Yeah, they will. They will influence your actions more than your emotions will. Love it. I so.
0: love it. No, I couldn't agree more. Our beliefs dictate our behavior. Yes. That's a big thing that I teach my clients. And so that's awesome. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. You know, if someone wants to reach out to you and, uh-huh. you know, learn more about you and Cage and, right. and just more about your story or ask you a question, what would be the best way for them to do that?
1: Uh, best way is probably Instagram. Okay. Um, I, yeah, like people will DM me and, and I usually look at all of them. Okay. So my Instagram is just Hannah and cage 17. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. And there's a lot of stories and stuff there like about cage. Um, but yeah, that, that's probably the best, best way. way. Yeah. Okay.
0: Great. Well, Hannah, you're awesome. Thank you for sitting down with me today and sharing you. your story with our listeners. Right. And yeah. And again, I do. I love your, I love your attitude. I love your dedication to your faith. Your just dedication to helping other people. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. And uh, I can see why everyone loves to be around you and feel your love and energy that you have towards life. It's pretty cool.
1: Awesome. Thank you. Yeah,
0: no, (laughs) absolutely. Well, there you go, folks. I told you it was going to be another amazing story. So thanks for joining us again. Thanks to our sponsors. I can't thank you guys enough for believing in me. And please reach out to Hannah Allen. Uh, Again, it's Hannah and Cage 17 on her Instagram. Send her a, a direct message and you can ask her any questions. Uh, get to know more about her. Um, if you need someone to come speak to your youth group, reach out to her. I'm sure oh, she'd love to do so that. So down, so she, down. She's so down. And if anyone's looking for a, a, a coach for swimming, she's the one. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 So anyway, thanks for tuning in, everybody. I love you guys. And Hannah, thank you again. You're
1: awesome. Thank you.